I'm very excited to be starting this new feature today. It's called Blame Game Victims, Challenging the Four Invaders Hidden Within Us. And it's based on the book, It Came From Within, which was written by Andy Stanley. What? Where did that come from? Is the title of today's uh, message. You know, we're all, we've all seen movies at one time or another, wherein the plot centered around extraterrestrial aliens who took human alive to serve as hosts for their embryos. You know the stories, the embryos are implanted in a living host, and the individual is able to function as normal until such time when the development has reached a critical point, and the if an alien bursts out through the midsection of the host. Yeah, G-R-O-S-S, gross. As unrealistic as all this is, these movies portend a real dynamic that takes place all around us every day. Within most of us is the embryo of an invader that has the potential to destroy us, along with those closest to us. Its entry goes undetected, its growth is not observed. Then one day we hear ourselves say something that is totally out of character, something that may shock or hurt someone that we love. Then what do we do? We cover our mouth and cry out, I don't know where that came from. But it's obvious that it came from within us, and very likely that it will come again. When things don't feel uh, exactly right with our physical heart, there's many physical tests that can be run, as well as medications that may be prescribed. In some cases, the medication prescribed may need to be used along with a, uh, another drug or with a blood thinner added. Very often, drugs may also have side effects. The bottom line is that in the times that we live, diagnosing and correcting problems with the physical heart have come a long way and tend to be rather routine. What we're going to be taught dealing with in this feature is not the physical heart, but rather our other heart, that invisible part of us that poets, philosophers, and preachers refer to all the time. The heart that is that mysterious and wonderful and somewhat confusing part of us that enables us to love, to laugh, to fear, and experience life. This is the sphere in which relationships happen and in which relationships are broken. As you know, life can be very hard on the heart. The rhythm of your heart may be disrupted by any one of the many outside influences that our world is full of. Subtlety is the key word here, and some of these influences may even disguise themselves as being necessary for protection from further disruptions. But, over time, habits are developed that slowly erode the heart sensitivity. You may even set up walls around your heart due to life's disappointments and pain. The inevitable truth here is that your heart is out of sync with the rhythm that it was created to maintain. The dangerous characteristic involved here is that these things that cause this disruptive rhythm of the invisible heart linger. They like to hang around and after a while we accept these disruptors as part of us, part of our personality. We may then hear ourselves saying things like, that's just the way I am. But remember, you weren't always like this, and some closest to you know it. So ask yourself this question, how are things with my heart? 
Not your career, not your family, not your finances, your heart. Most of us have never stopped to consider our hearts. Why? Because we have so many things to do each and every day that fill our lives. And if at the end of the day we're all caught up and someone asks us, how are things? We can say with a smile, fine. But the question at hand, how are things with your heart, is a very different and more important one. And it can be, very, it can be a very awkward one as well. The most probable reason that we don't monitor our hearts is that we were never encouraged when we were growing up. You know, we were taught to monitor our behavior. We were taught to behave and were influenced greatly by the behavior modification practice of spanking. Good things happened when we behaved regardless of what was going on in our hearts. Misbehavior, on the other hand, led to an environment where not so good things happened. So spanking taught us that if we wanted to avoid pain, we needed to modify our behavior. And it worked. As we grew older, though, we experienced other effective ways to focus our attention on behavior, to go along with pain and spanking, such as embarrassment, fines, detention, maybe a night in jail. Consequently, we have become better at monitoring our behavior than our hearts. The avoidance of pain, though, is not the only driving force. Good behavior can also be rewarding. If you're a professional Christian, such as a pastor, you're paid to be good. So no doubt you've learned to modify your words and behavior in such a way that protects your reputation and also your career. We have all no doubt done the same thing. No matter what your job is, there are just some things that you just won't say or do because of the professional ramifications, even though you may really want to say them or do them. I'll bet you that there may even be some people that you pretend to like because it benefits you to do so. And while this may be fine and maybe even necessary, all this pretending can be problematic because it allows you to ignore the true condition of your heart. Saying the right thing and doing the right thing may tempt you to believe that all is well. Isn't that what our childhood experiences have taught us? But when your public performance doesn't line up with your heart, you have a lack of congruency. And this sets you up for trouble. Eventually, the real you will outpace the attempt, your attempts to monitor and modify everything you say and do. At some future point, these issues that remain in your heart will ultimately work their way to the surface and, and jeopardize your actions and your character. If, these, if this process continues to go on and your heart stays unmonitored, those things that are growing in there will eventually get to the point that you will no longer be able to manage your words and actions. So again, the question, how's your heart? Are you at the point where you already notice things starting to slip? Maybe you're having problems containing your anger, where in the past you were able to do so. What about those occasional outbursts, those things that manage to uh, slip out? How about the situation whereby someone you work with or are friends with, let's call him Dave, just got a promotion 
and you know that you should be happy for him, but you're not. Why? The most probable reason is that this person represents someone from your past who bought something or won something or was given something that you wanted. And now you find yourself resenting Dave for it. And how about you ladies? Uh, how about that girlfriend or sister-in-law that looks great in those jeans that you know better than to try and fit into yourself? She looks great, but you would never tell her that. Why? You know it shouldn't bother you, but it does. So you go on like everything is okay, when in reality, everything is not okay. These types of situations are symptoms of a struggle uh, going on inside of you. Your heart is under attack, and you may be losing. The main reason for this is neglect. Nobody ever told us to keep a close check on our hearts. When you hear statements like, I can't believe I just said that, I don't know where that came from, I can't believe I did that, that's not like me, then you'll have evidence of this inner battle. An arteriogram is used by cardiologists to diagnose the health of a patient's heart. This is basically an x-ray of the arteries taken after dye is injected into the bloodstream. This process allows doctors to pinpoint blockages in the arteries. If a blockage is discovered, a skilled cardiologist is able to open up the blood vessels using a stent so that the blood is able to once again flow freely. But, apart from an arteriogram, there are uh, heart problems that, that can go undetected for years because the symptoms experienced may not seem to be directly associated with the heart. These symptoms may include back pain, insomnia, anxiety, loss of appetite, indigestion, nausea, vision change, and even memory loss. All these symptoms are often treated as isolated and unrelated issues to the health of the heart. Medication may even take the edge off of, of some of these symptoms. But the problem is that the real culprit gets masked and the as the symptoms are treated. As a result, the real problem gets worse to the delay, due to the delay of proper treatment. This is also true of our other heart as well, as we treat symptomatic challenges while ignoring the deeper issues, just as the case with the physical heart, eventually the root problem will become a real problem. Spiritual heart disease has the potential to destroy you and ruin your most valuable relationships, just as a heart attack has the potential to destroy your body. So what we plan to do in this feature is to try and expose your heart to the penetrating light of God's truth. This will work like the dye in an arteriogram and help us pinpoint any blockage that we may have in our spiritual condition. And once the problem areas are identified, the solutions will be rather obvious and quite simple, but we have to first familiarize ourselves with the most common blockages, their causes, and their symptoms. We'll be dealing with four primary invaders of the heart, four life-blocking enemies that may become lodged there for any number of reasons. Each one has the potential to erode your relationships, your character, and even your faith.
You will then be challenged to embrace four new habits. Habits that exercise the heart and allow it to maintain the rhythm for which it was designed. Each of these habits specifically targets one of four maladies that can affect your heart. With constant application, these four disciplines will bring healing and wholeness to your heart, no matter what condition it is presently in. Your physical health may be positively impacted as well. In Ezekiel 36:26, God said that he could give a man or woman a new heart. But we need to change from the inside out. We need a heart that can keep pace with our outward obedience. Too many people think that when you get born again, everything's going to be rosy from that point on. But sooner or later, they must face the painful reality that this is not the case. You see, what God begins at the moment of salvation is not completed in that same moment. Jesus may have moved into your heart, but he may not have been given full access. And this is why that even though you are happy about being forgiven, you're not always willing to extend forgiveness to others. That's a hard thing. As excited as you get about your own successes, you aren't always excited about the success that someone else is enjoying. That's also a hard thing. Both of these examples are evidence that God has not completed that in you what he has begun. You are still a work in progress. There is still some heart work to be done. And remember that your heart did not get to its current condition overnight, and it will not become healthy overnight either. Adopting new habits in the heart is a process. You can't overcome the effects of blockages caused by guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy instantly. The process is one, however, that will yield some immediate results. Hopefully, these immediate dividends will both encourage and motivate you to continue working these new habits until you get to the place where God wants you to be. So anyway, join us next time as we continue this exciting new series. And uh, may God bless you and have a great and prosperous day. Thanks.